a government man. Came these papers. Came these signs. Came these good things. Hello, and welcome to the Porter Three Things podcast for March something. I think it's towards the end. This week we are joined by my good friend and ex-colleague Gus Mastrapa. How you doing, Gus? Very good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Uh, Gus currently uh, writes features uh, for what you were saying, Wired, um, and a few other things. You do, uh, it was uh, Unwinnable. Is it .com? Yeah, Unwinnable. I do a regular column there called Pretension Plus One, which started off sort of as commentary on the industry and kind of has evolved now to a lot of personal writing about games. I don't know how interesting that is to everybody, but uh, it's a nice outlet for me. Oh, I really like it, actually. I'm a big fan of uh, your pretensions, pretension plus ones articles. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, man. Um, and, uh, you know, a few other things, but uh, Gus and I have uh, known each other for a good while now. We work together on Crispy Gamer. Yeah. The ill-fated Crispy Gamer. Yeah, the 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 actually pays you what you're worth, crispy gamer. So yeah. it, <laughs> it had it, to go. <laughs> yeah, it could never live. It could never live. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a bad time. It was a good time until it was a bad time. <laughs> yeah. I think that and I had to record thirty toilet uh, clips of toilets, <laughs> and that will never that will never leave me. The fact that Scott, <laughs> Scott Jones had me record thirty different toilets. To that you know the, that toilet feature because you know we're talking about Scott Jones's like top thirty toilets of video game history, which is I think an important document. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be like the the work that he's remembered for, I, and you, you will be a footnote in history. That'll be great. I, I like the idea that Scott will be remembered for a feature on toilets, and that's it. There's there's an alien civilization that worships Scott Jones because of his toilet feature. I can actually believe that. Yeah, he would probably like that too. That's, uh, but, but yeah, no, that was a that was a really good time. It was a fun it was a fun group to work with, and I know a bunch of people that came out of there done a bunch of good stuff. Like Ryan Close, still uh, he does that magazine still, doesn't he? No, Ryan Ryan uh, went back to school. He's studying really? like kind of like like interactive art like video like one of those he's at mit oh um yeah uh (laughs) yeah no super good he used to he used to be at kill screen though he was one of the editors he was the web editor at kill screen uh yeah i gotta say crispy gamer i met more people like you more cool people that i have remained friends and colleagues with you know for a long time that was such a that was a really cool group of people yeah it really was uh uh, you know john tady has his uh uh, I guess I guess they're kind of like in with the onion, right? Uh, they are. They're certainly like Gabological Society is a right. part is a part of the onion. Uh, basically, he took the the game criticism part of the AV Club and spun it off into an amazingly smart gaming website. No, yeah, Teddy's awesome. He's a very funny, very smart guy. Yeah, I mean, if you're not reading stuff at Gabological, you should definitely check that out. That's one of the better, I think, one of the better smart. Uh, game writing places out there, probably and probably, uh, you know, probably probably underappreciated. Yeah, I, would say. I mean his video work is just always so awesome too. Yeah, but, I mean, but yeah, he has credits on the Daily Show and everything, so I mean he does have a pretty sweet pedigree. 
He does. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's a bunch of good people there. John Kiefer, um, good guy. Yeah, now, now Shaq News doing doing some news work again. Yeah, he's got it's in his blood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's like he's like uh, him and Andy Eddy are like the the two lifers. The old news hounds. Yeah. <laughs> I admire I admire both of them very much. You know, it's like these guys have have eked out a living in this career over across so many changes. Uh, they know so much, you oh, know, yeah. it's like, and, and it, like, again, like both of those guys probably are, aren't very well known like, to the average reader. Right. Well, they should be. Kiefer has the hat. He has like the bear Bryant hat. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the classic, uh, um, <laughs> but yes, so this week on quarter to three, um, Tom has uh, gone off to GDC or something. Gus and I have been left behind, so mm. we decided to commiserate. Yeah, I miss I miss being at GDC. It's a, it's a. I mean, I love going to like all the panels and stuff. It's like, as a member of the press, we are like incredibly gifted at the generosity of GDC. Yeah. To let us go to this expensive conference for free and get like all this amazing free education. I mean, you, of course, we write stories and stuff about it, but uh, man, what a cool conference and what cool access oh, yeah. to yeah. like all, all these game creators and stuff. It's like it's the coolest thing. And then uh, secondarily, like all of our friends, all the people that we work with are there, yeah, uh, which makes it like this kind of cool homecoming. Uh, and you, you drink too much, and you hang out with all these people. Yeah, that's pretty much the theme of any kind of one of those things. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, E3, of course, being the something. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to go this year, to be honest Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. I'm, I'm probably going to come out to Los Angeles. I'm probably just yeah. not going to go to the show, just because it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The pressers, at the very least, yeah. <laughs> are, are going to be interesting. That's true. Maybe they'll hand out PlayStation 4s or something. That's like... The one thing I missed was that stupid Xbox 360 Slim one where they handed out 360s to everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I cannot believe I didn't go to that one. You know, I go to the EA one and you get a stupid notebook. Right. <laughs> oh, it's so not fair. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to see the PlayStation 4. Uh, speaking of which, I guess we could talk about some news. Uh, what have you got for news of the week? I imagine I know. You do. Yeah. Uh I just, yeah, I just opened the press release for uh, the Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, which everybody knew was. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was it was not a very well kept secret, but it, I, you know what, I I admire. It was fun, like the all that Phantom Pain stuff. People knew it was Metal Gear Solid. They figured it out pretty quick, uh, but like you know, it was like it was fun. And the the thing that I that I really like about what this how this all unraveled. Is nobody's mad about Metal Gear Solid Five? No, there's not. A, I can't. I, I did. There was nobody saying anything about DRM or about like how Konami is trying to rip people off and sp- make us spend too much money. It was just people going, "I'm psyched for Metal Gear Solid Five, which is it's super refreshing. Yeah, they really do have that kind of thing going for them, though, with the Metal Gear fans. Every the Metal Gear fans are so hardcore. As compared yeah. to your average fan, oh my god! Like we had a guy on uh, recently who's a big Metal Gear fan, and uh, he, he talked me into like getting Metal Gear Solid uh, three, I think, and giving it a chance again on my Vita, which uh, 
I still haven't done. But I mean, I have it. I just haven't played it yet. Uh, <sighs> yeah, they they really can uh, sell it though. But uh, so like, what what are the details of five? Is everybody all excited? Is there anything interesting coming out? Or uh, it, it, I did. I didn't see much. I mean, I think it's just basically an announce that this is actually the game, which is is kind of like besides the point since we all kind of knew that this Phantom Pain thing was the Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, no, I, I, it's just they're they just are admitting it exists, uh, and and saying, oh yeah, we made this Fox engine that looks really good. Oh yeah, uh, all their games always look good. Those Metal Gear games. Um, sure, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, I'm with you. I think I I don't think I've ever finished a Metal Gear Solid game. Um, well, I I did. I, I finished the first Metal one. Yeah, I did. The really? First one. For me, it was Metal Gear Solid Acid Two. Oh, oh was that the uh, is Acid the uh, card game one? Yes, it's an amazing they're great pretty, game. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah, turn based tactics with like driven by cards. It's like and it's you have a customizable deck. Yeah. Uh, it's super good. Like I love, love, love that game, and it's like that's one of those games where it's like, why can't you get it on the PSN store? Like, oh god, there's so many things that should be on that store that aren't. Yeah. So I, that's why I keep I keep my my PSP uh, alive and breathing for for the purpose of still having Metal Gear Acid One and Two. Yeah, I mean, my big thing is, oh god, I and I should do this because I know there's a workaround to do it, but. I really want them to just do a straight-up release of... Oh, God, now I forgot the game's name. Uh, what was the the game you and I both really liked, the PlayStation 3 one? was a 2D uh, strategy, not 2D, 3D strategy game. It's oh. World was War One-esque. Oh, Valkyrie Pro- yeah, yeah. Chronicles? Valkyrie yeah. Chronicles, yeah. I really want to yeah. play the second one, but I don't have my PSP anymore. And I know I can get it on the Vita, but you have to, like... Purchase on the purchase it on the PlayStation Store. Download it to your PS3, and then move it to the Vita, and all this goofy crap. Um, I wish they would just kind of like release a straight up purchase for it. Yeah, I didn't know you had to do that. Uh, for me, my problem on the on the uh, on the my Vita is I didn't get I don't have a memory card yet. Oh God, that sucks. Yeah, I bought and, one of those uh, bundles or whatever Black Friday. So mine came with one. It was like a gig or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. full already. And so, oh, yeah. and so, um, yeah, that, that really like has like kept me from buying big games on there because it's another 50 bucks or whatever I need to buy to, uh, oh, yeah. to buy more Vita games, uh, on, on the complete different side of the spectrum, uh, my, I, my 3DS filled up, uh, because I have like Fire Emblem on there. Oh yeah. And so, and so I was like, I got these, you know, I got these codes from Nintendo for some new games, like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon and and uh, the new Luigi game. Oh yeah. But there was no room, so I I go online and I go to Amazon and I order the card. And it's like nine dollars for like that's nothing. Yeah, it's like nine dollars for like uh you know X gigs, like ten or something gigs. Uh, and it was a no brainer. I just bought it and now I have all these games on my on my 3ds. Um. If there's anything that Nintendo did right with the 3DS, it's that like that you can expand it and and infinitely for for almost no money. Well, right, yeah, like you know the Vita is just uh, I like the Vita a lot, but it it, yeah. it suffers from that Sony uh, proprietary crap that they always shove down everybody's throat, um, it, which is I think a problem Sony's been having, and I thought it was kind of hilarious to. 
hear that uh, just a rumor that they're going to start charging for uh, play, you know, plus or whatever on the PlayStation Four. Um, right. <laughs> just like live, because everybody was, yeah, you know, because that's was everybody's gripe about the Xbox. That's like that's the rallying cry against the Xbox 360 is that you have to play for pay for live. So man, oh, the PS4 so, so better mean, be sweet. So you mean online is going to have a price? Because Plus already cost you more. Right, yeah, that's true, yeah, for the thing. But no, I think, that's what I, I've heard a rumor. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, but I can totally believe it. because It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, people hate Microsoft for doing it, but it does afford them the infrastructure that they that they have. Now, that's I mean, not, it's, it's not cheap. Yeah, no, it's, it's not cheap. Not cheap. Uh, it's not cheap at all, and there should be more with it. But the fact yeah. that they provide really good voice communication and matchmaking services is uh, is definitely a, it's not a cheap service. No, you know, like for me, especially back then, uh, I was paying to have my friend list, yeah, which was very healthy, like at the time. And I think, and I think most people will notice this has changed. Um, back when, back when live, you know, was popular, I had a full friend list of a hundred people, and every time yeah. I turned it on. There were about fifteen to twenty people on and playing something. Yeah. Now I pay the same price. I turn it on. There's about ten people on. I would say, and they're all watching Netflix. Yeah, you know that's really true. Like, whenever, yeah, well, of course I've got you know you and I are friends, and there's like you know there's certain people that I can turn it on, and I can always expect to be playing something like. Tom's yeah. usually playing something or something like that. But, uh, yeah, man, a lot of it's Netflix. And to be honest with you, the 360 is like the worst Netflix device. I mean, everybody's got one, but good yeah. God, is it awful. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I tend to use it. I use PlayStation for Netflix a lot. Oh, yeah, uh, it's a lot well. better, actually. Yeah, uh, um, the th- that's the thing. So, so for me, like, like and I've, I read some statistics that said that the, the that online play has gone down as the primary use of the of of Xbox. Oh yeah. That streaming is like, you know, has like gained and the online play has like dropped. So it's like I don't know if it's chicken and egg or an egg thing, but like like people less people are using the 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 console for online play. And so does that mean next gen they're going to not care as much about online play, you know, say maybe still charge for online play. Uh, but not supported as much, right? But not supported <laughs> as much, right? Because it's becoming a, it's perhaps becoming a niche interest of people who own consoles. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of like one of my biggest issues with the the, the current state of the Xbox 360. I mean, historically, it's it's my favorite of the consoles. I mean, I have no problem admitting that bias. I just really like the 360, and uh, and for it's just like the more they update it. And the more crap they, <laughs> they cram into the UI, the worse it runs, you know? I mean, yeah. It's like, literally, it takes mine, you know, 30 seconds to open some apps. And it's a relatively new one. And it, it just, it's so much crap going on in such a limited hardware space that they they need to really, like, trim it back. Like, if you, we weren't paying so much for it, that's one thing, but the commercials are kind of insulting. Yeah, that's a bummer, and it's it's the kind of thing that people will accept, right? You know, oh, yeah. people people go to the movie theater and they'll watch an hour of commercials before it starts, and they don't really care. So, so this is the kind of thing that's not going away. No, uh, yeah, it's like I have Hulu. Uh, 
I pay for Hulu because I don't want to pay for cable. And I like a lot of stuff on Hulu. Uh, but at the same time, I still, I still have to watch commercials. They're very short. But it's kind of ludicrous to have to watch commercials in something that you pay for uh, on the it, internet. I don't know. It would be cool if they had a t- uh, like a second tier, yeah. like a like a no ad tier. I mean, uh, there's a movie theater in LA called the ArcLight, which is a, a really good high end movie theater, and they don't show any commercials at all. Oh wow! Uh, so you see trailers, but no commercials, and the tickets are like the tickets are like twelve to fifteen dollars. Uh, and there's a bunch of other perks you get, like it's you know assigned seating, so you always have a, the seat that you want. Uh, people are willing to pay that premium. Sure, I am for that. Absolutely, yeah. that's like that's why I bought I started paying for Hulu in the first place because when you originally paid for it, you didn't have ads, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like hey, you know. But I mean, and it's not like I don't understand. I, I'm sure to get a lot of the content, they had to sign advertising deals with these people because there's yeah. no reason for anybody other than Hulu to, you know, not want ads in it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I really, that's that's a big problem, and I'm kind of curious to see what people do about it. Um, I'm interested, uh, you have a Wii U, I assume. Um, I do. Yeah, I have one as well. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I like it more than I thought I would, um, but I'm kind of a, I'm leery of its future. However, I do like the fact that you can purchase like day one titles on it. That's very cool. It yeah. is. Um, I, you know, you need that hard drive apparently uh, once you buy two games. <laughs> That's kind of a bummer, but uh, that. yeah, uh, it, it fills up really quicker. I've been hearing. I've not bought too many, so so that's yeah, not been an either. issue for me. But uh, you know that that Lego City uh, game is kind of cool. I want it. I want it really bad. I'm a total Lego fiend, and uh, Tom knows that, and he's like obsessed <laughs> with the Lego City game. So he keeps like taunting me with it. I might it's, just it, have to buy it. It's a ton of fun. Like like I I I really started playing it with my arms across my chest. Uh, yeah. I was like, you know, I was skipping some of the cutscenes and, you know, just kind of just kind of like going, oh, you know, this is this is not. GTA, right? Uh, but but it won me over, like, and I've been just having fun, and and it's got that that kind of like core Lego thing where you bust shit up and then build it back together. Yeah, just like kind of unique to gears. I mean, unique to uh, to the to Lego makeup. franchise. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, and, and and I just run around looking for the the the, the high value uh, blocks, like the gold blocks and oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, gold blocks. And and I break shit, and I push it back together, and I could probably do that for hours. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I get lost in those games. I don't know. They're they're easy to do. It's that whole, like, breadcrumb thing of, like, yeah. oh, like, oh, look, that block is special. I can't do anything to it now, but I bet down the road I'll be able to break it and do something with it, so. And the, the game feels full of that, where there's, like, Oh, there's all these things that I need to power up. So, and I think that's cool because it seems like it's a, it's like this nice encouragement to chase the story, right? You know, because there's these things that you can't yet access. So it's like they're they're smart in that way. Where you know a lot of other games, a lot of the GTA games, uh, I hear a lot of stories. Which I love the the the, the stories in GTA games. I think they're really well done. Yeah, uh, often they are. Yeah. But so many people don't finish them. Like no. it, it's very frequent. I hear people like, "Oh yeah, I've never finished a a a, a a a GTA game," and I'm like, 
Man, four was really good. You should you should finish it. Four was really good. I liked four a lot. Yeah, had a, and it had really great add-ons. Like, I mean, quick in the damn whatever, but like, Gay Tony was really good. I I think I like the biker one a lot. Uh, but I, Gay I Tony, it too. it's like, like a grace note, like so classy. Yeah, just super good story. Um, kind of super progressive. It didn't get a lot of credit for as being as progressive no, as it. It didn't really at all, man. I, I, I kind of wish people would go back and say, hey, look, look at how interesting this story was and this, this, this relationship between the two guys. And Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was such a good game. And, and then, you know, stuff like, I'm not a huge fan of Max Payne 3. Like, I really didn't like the writing in Max Payne 3. Uh-huh. But, but GTA, like the GTA franchise, always brings it, you know. Yeah. A lot of it's horribly cliched. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's, uh, there's the heat scene in Grand Theft Auto 4, you know. Yeah. There's all that, but... Uh, I like that. Like my favorite is that there's the you're you're driving, uh, you're chasing some guy and you're driving and they get on the subway and you're starting to drive and then you realize, holy shit, I'm in the French Connection. Yeah. <laughs> and you you get to the subway station and there's the dude at the top of the stairway. Oh yeah. And and you shoot him and it's like the it's like the coolest thing in the world. It's like it's like. That's the thing that that they pull off that nobody else pulls off, which is like this kind of like pastiche of movies, yeah. uh, in a non-parody way. Right. They're they're actually like getting you in there and letting you be in that movie, uh, and I just think that's the it's it's kind of a subtle thing that they do that is so great. I mean, Red Dead was great in that oh, way too. Oh yeah, Red Dead's just a fantastic game. It really is. It's probably one of my favorite games. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, and that's the thing where it's like, you know, Rockstar could just make GTA and Red Dead. Oh yeah. For the next thirty years, and I would be super happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I it's like I liked Max Payne three, I guess, but it was I don't know. It just really didn't do it for me. Um, I didn't. I didn't play it yet. Uh, I I don't know why. Uh, everybody says that the, that the music, the health soundtrack, was really awesome. That to me, that's that's like the one standout. Apparently, it uh, yeah, it was it was pretty decent. Like there were parts of the game where I found the soundtrack incredibly irritating. However, overall, it was pretty good. I, I guess the reason there are parts of the game that I find the soundtrack irritating is that it just restarts certain songs at points where you die. Right. And so you have to hear the same refrain every uh, over and over again. Kind of drives you insane. Um, right. However. Uh, yeah, and like it had its moments. It's just kind of uh, I don't know. It was kind of one of those games. I was just I felt like I was I was slogging through. Just wanted to get it over with. Um, unlike Red Dead or any of the Grand Theft Autos, which is kind of like a pleasure to be in that world and kind of do right. that. Yeah, and I, I really I didn't like uh, the one uh, the other one either. La Noir. I mean, it was all right. Uh, it just it. I guess I found it a little bit. Uh, well. I don't know. I just knew the story, you know. Cause yeah. I, because I'd seen, you know, Chinatown <laughs> and uh, L.A. Confidential. I was very familiar with what was going to happen, since that was like completely lifted everything. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's it's pretty weird. I mean, and and that's kind of how they work. It seems like 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 all the plots are pretty lifted. Yeah. Uh, you know that like it's either a crime or a western or whatever. Uh, L.A. Noir like. I agree with you in in that way for sure. I mean, it's like it's like I was just in love with the city, you know what right. I mean? Like 
and it was really like, cool. It just didn't like it didn't make you go and explore it. And I think that was like the biggest problem I had too, in a way. Because it wasn't a by the book open world game, right? Which I admired that attempt, like that you could play that game without shooting shit up. Like yeah. it's kind of a cool idea, but it wasn't it wasn't what people wanted. Clearly. No, uh, no, yeah, no. When you think of like Golden Age of Hollywood and open world, I mean, it just sounds kind of awesome. It does, but like, at, at, like at what point does a character from Hollywood uh, from LA Confidential go and like shoot eighty people? Well, that's a good point. Um, you'd have to so be playing like, a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, t- totally. It's it's weird, and th- there's I remember there's a part where you're at the in the game where you're at the um abandoned set which is like an homage to the abandoned set of of um of uh the DW Griffith movie uh oh, um, so basically what happened was in LA DW Griffith made this movie and left the set up the Babylon set which is this big set that has like huge elephants on it and stuff um uh, he left the set like for years. They never tore it down, and they eventually had to burn it down uh, because it was like a, it was a, you know, an eyesore, and it was also dangerous because it wasn't a real building. It was like a shitty building. So, so there's a scene in the game where you're in there, and something happens. I don't remember what. I mean, it starts to fall apart. Yeah, I remember that. It starts yeah, to yeah. fall apart, but then like when when you get past the falling apart part, there's like a kind of like a slog of dudes that ha- you have to shoot. <laughs> and so it definitely felt like. The game doesn't have action in it, and we need to have parts where you shoot people. Yeah. So let's make this era, this level uh, uh, a dude shooting sequence, so we, so at least we can be a dude shooter. Yeah, which it just kind of. I and it wasn't the, it wasn't the game. It no. wasn't the game. You know, like that wasn't what the game was. It was it was just kind of like added in there. Yeah, uh, it was really troubled from the beginning. That I think that production. Anyway, yeah. I mean, they just. Yeah, and that lingered for what seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah it was tough. I, I mean, by all accounts, you know, development for for Rockstar is not an easy thing. No, no. Yeah, no. Um, I would imagine not. Um, but man, I gotta try that dang Lego City Undercover now. Tom, <laughs> Tom said the driving's really tight for a Lego game too, so I gotta check that. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, uh, that's uh. That freaking delightful rock star appeal. Um, yeah, but I, I'm like, I was bummed that um, that the, we weren't playing the game this spring because, like, I was kind of thinking, looking forward to like yeah. my spring being a GTA kind of a spring. Yeah. Uh, but I'm all I'm kind of psyched now because, like, I will probably be playing GTA on a new console. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, I want to know when the South Park game's coming out after all that THQ stuff. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a brutal legend kind of a thing where it's like changing hands last minute. It'll get published. Yeah, no, I was just like uh, really looking forward to it with uh, being Obsidian. Yeah, no, me too. Uh, I I think, uh, you know, there's a race to get last gen games out right now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, It's like everybody's trying to get them out as soon as possible before nobody cares anymore about last gen or holding them like GTA until they can also be next gen. So they can release 80 SKUs at the same time. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, man, they like them SKUs. I I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be weird. Like six versions of a yeah. game. 
that's ridiculous. And realistically, there's only, you know, you have to look at the rankings of what they're going to sell. I mean, they're going to sell current, like right now, current generation is going to sell a much larger portion, I think, than the next generation will. Oh, for sure, but it'll be like a very small, much larger portion, right? Because yeah. that's where we're at. That's where we're at with next gen, where it's like, you know, they sell the, our number one game is like would have not even cracked the top ten at the best at the best time, you know? Yeah. So everybody's hurting. Yeah, no, it's really it's pretty strange, uh, and still you got PC gaming doing weird stuff too. Which, who knows what'll happen with uh, the Steam box and everything? But. That's the fun. That's the fun spoiler. I think is that yeah. PC is like so strong right now. Oh, it and, is. And uh, and it's it's kind of amazing. It's like it's honestly I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah. Like they, if ten years ago, you said, "Oh, PC gaming is gonna do well, and consoles are gonna tank." I'd have been like, "Yeah, you're crazy." I think uh, I think the smart move uh, for a lot of big houses is to also start looking at uh, Macintosh and Linux development. But uh, yeah. Macintosh, I think first. What's the, what's the environment like? See, I don't have any Mac, so I don't I don't I don't um, I don't get to I don't see that. But uh, uh, you know, I know that Steam is available for Mac. Right, and there's uh, some stuff. You know, it, it kind of depends. Like Borderlands Two is on Mac. Uh, uh-huh. A lot of the Valve stuff, Left 4 Dead 2, Team Fortress 2. All and always there. Blizzard. You can always get Blizzard oh, yes. back, which is I thought was has always been really smart. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen you on World of Warcraft, so I've been playing on my Macintosh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, it's it's super uh, That's super smart. That's one reason Blizzard does as well as they do. They make, they make everything cross-platform and can mostly run on low-end spec. So. Yeah. That's why they make all the big bucks, kids. <laughs> but I remember the days when you walked into the into the Apple Store and it was like that. It was like it was like Monkey Island. Yep. Like that was <laughs> that was like the only game, Monkey Island. I was like, that's uh, kind of a bummer, but you know. It's like you know, and I was I was never much of a Mac person. I had a Mac uh, years back before OS X. I had I think it was like OS seven, OS eight, something like that, and they had released. Age of Empires 2, I think. And that was like the only game I could get. Mm-hmm. So I played the hell out of Age of Empires 2. Uh, not that I minded that, because I liked Age of Empires 2, but still. I guess that's the upside, you know, when, when you have very limited game support, is like usually you're just going to get some really good games on the system, and that's going to be it. So the few games that you have are going to be great. Which is so weird, because it's like a Microsoft game. Yeah. So, yeah, like one of the only games I could get was made by Microsoft. Just makes no sense. Um, but now the uh, app, you know, the Mac actually has an app store like the iPad and iPod. Gotcha. So you can purchase like full on like software suites as well as like, you know, a lot of games as well. But of course, there's also Steam. Um, and a lot of games uh, have been going to Steam. I mean, of course, there's tons of cross platform stuff like Minecraft, all that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going to uh, Mac and Steam, you know. Um, most, a lot of adventure games are pretty easy to port. Uh, gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's, a lot of stuff that doesn't use, like, direct 3D as yeah. much. That's kind of the biggest deal with them. That's that's the that's the kind of, like, the... Microsoft only, like... Uh, yeah. Programming stuff for the 360 and PC. Uh, they, uh, it's just accessing 3D drivers and the 3D functionality. So it's different because, uh, you know, I mean, Macintoshes don't run DirectX. Uh, they don't, um, and neither does Linux, of course. So 
they're uh, I, I'm kind of curious about what they're going to do. I know that they released it for Linux, and it's pretty pretty sad uh, game uh, selection going yeah. on. It's like Half Life One, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I was like, come on, you guys can't throw two out there. I, just, I, mean, a, I mean, for Linux support, I mean, it's it's you know, it's a it's it's nice that they're doing it. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's one of these things where like a, like Linux users who are a very small portion of the audience, like mm-hmm. I I think that they don't understand that frequently. <laughs> that that yeah. uh, the reason why they don't get this stuff is because yeah, they are very small. Because they're gonna, the not going to make any money on it. I mean, yeah. the big reason that Valve, of course, is interested in Linux is because they want to do that Steambox thing. Where, right. And, you know, they don't want to license. <laughs> Uh, an operating system. They so. need to find a way to get away around the operating system problem. Right. But, but what that means is the getting DirectX to work on Linux and getting <laughs> like all <Yep>. this stuff, <laughs> which is you know that's its that's its own thing. Right. And uh, you know, there's been all this talk over the years or rumor that Valve might be working on something to do some sort of conversion for DirectX to Linux, which would be great. I mean, if they can do that, then that would be that would be quite quite the uh, coup d'état. Yeah, yeah. Um, they would be quite frightening, I would think, to Microsoft at that point. The you know it's, it's on on this topic or kind of tangentially. Uh, today is the day that my family uh, goes non Android. Like the, oh, wow. I've been a, I've been a Droid user for like the past what like five years or whatever. Yeah. And we've got like iPhone fives coming today. Oh yes. And I'm thrilled. Yeah, I actually just got my, I got an iPhone 5 a couple of months ago because I was an Android guy forever too. And uh, yeah, you know, like the Android's so cool at first, but the market just did not keep up with it at all, uh, unfortunately. Uh, the yeah, app, I mean, apps are just, good God. There's some good games on there, right? Like you could get yeah. like Terry Kavanaugh's game, you know, Super Hexagon. Uh, oh, yeah, you, yeah. Get, you can get some cool stuff. Uh, I, I, had, I had a Droid 2 that was just the worst piece of shit. It was it was an awful phone. Like it was on the old iOS, on the old OS, and and uh, it was just a crappy game, uh, phone. Uh, and I love my iPad. Like I play, I play games on that more than I play probably on any, on any other platform. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've been playing Brogue like on that. It just came out a couple of days ago, and I've been playing that like crazy, crazy. Yeah, I need to do that, especially being a big Door Fortress fan. I, I heard that. Uh... It looks pretty cool. It looks like a, yeah, just an ASCII dungeon crawler. Yeah, I mean it's it's like if you've played NetHack, it's like yeah. it's, it's like it's like that with touch functionality. So you're not you're not. And that's what I kind of like about it. I know a lot of people compl- will complain and say, "Hey, I, I like having keyboard commands," but like okay. I my, like the, my time playing NetHack is over. Or I mean, it's, it's probably not over forever but it's over for now and yeah. so I don't, I don't i don't have those keyboard commands <laughs> memorized right now yeah uh, so i like just being able to touch it uh and uh and and kind of like no no thought in that way yeah uh, sure no i got you it's certainly just uh not having to relearn to ride your bike again basically <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no that's how it is with me at door fortress when i take a break from it because it's all stupid keyboard commands uh, yeah, you uh, definitely <laughs> you get like a routine going where it's like I remember when I played NetHack, it was always like okay, my first thing I would do is I would like set it so it doesn't automatically pick shit up, and like I would just go through and like I'd you know get every you know get it get it like set to to oh, the yeah. my play style or whatever. It's nice with Brogue just to jump on there and just start crawling and 
worry worry more about worry more about your strategy like and and what those decisions of like okay do I'm not gonna drink this potion right, uh, yeah. and then then the keyboard stuff uh, it's but funny. yeah like go ahead no it's funny how that stuff reminds me so much of like Blizzard games too. You know, because, like, if you're going to start playing, like, any of their games seriously, like, if you're going to, like, StarCraft, for instance. Yeah. Uh, you have to learn keyboard commands, and you have to get into, like, sort of kind of a weird rhythm. I mean, you can click through it, naturally. Yeah. You don't have to, but, like, you know, if you try to do that when you're playing seriously, you're going to get murdered. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I've always been kind of bad at RTS games, and so I, last last year I, I sat down with StarCraft Two and I played through the campaign, tried to teach myself, and I, and I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive into this and try to, try to, you know, I want to appreciate it, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I did my best on the keyboard commands, and and to be honest, like like when I went online. Uh, I did okay. Like yeah. I was surprised. I, I thought I would get murdered, but like their matchmaking like set me up with people where at my skill level at my first match, like I I just had a, a an overwhelming force and the dude like the dude like like gave up. Wow. Oh that's the first, pretty awesome. Like, yeah, I like he sent a dude at me and a bunch of dudes at me, I like destroyed them and I countered and after I countered he was like, I quit. And I was like <laughs> I felt really good. I felt like I didn't just win. Like I like demoralized him. He like knew that he, he couldn't come back. Uh, and it wasn't. I don't think it was a testament to my 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 strength as a player. I think just he like I was doing slightly better than him, and he said, "You know what? Like we could we could play this out." But I feel like I know I'm losing already. Yeah, that's how a lot of games end. Honestly, they're, they're pretty quick. You know, yeah. because if one person is just obviously dominating, there's no point sitting there and watching it happen. Yeah, <laughs> that that goes counter to everything that I grew up with, like baseball, right? Like playing like t-ball. Oh, you got to play to win, never give up. Always, well, you know, have the heart, and the, you know. Well, not just play to win, but like you know, like honor honor the game, right? Like oh sure, everybody's yeah. there. You do your best, and you play it through, and you shake your hands at the end, and and it's over. And in games, it's like it's it's different. It, games aren't sports, right? No, yeah, people games get. Are, Rage quitty a little too easy in games too, and and I and I totally understand it right because like it's it's about our free time yeah and it's like why play something through I, it's just it's just a little bit more um, practical right th- than when like the way we were raised to play sports and I find that interesting because it's a it's a, just a psychological difference we're all adults apparently and we're playing these games and when so, one person deems that the game is over it's over you gg move on. Which I, I, it's, it's just, it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm, a, I, I'm like a little old fashioned about it, but I mean, it saves time, you yeah. know, it, it's, it's a weird, it's weird to me. Have you, uh, have you played with Heart of the Swarm yet? I haven't. I oh, haven't. You need to, because they added this AI matchmaking ladder thing uh-huh. that helps you prepare for playing against people. But the reason I think of that is because, uh, the computer says GG when you beat it. Nice. It like literally says it. Yeah, it says GG. Or yeah, type GG and then uh, succeed, succeeds or whatever. That's like a cool, that's a cool subtle way to teach people to type GG, yeah. right? Yeah, which I mean, it's been so, God, that has been so ingrained in my video gaming since I was a young teenager and uh-huh. playing like Team Fortress or whatever. Uh, God. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the first time, like, you know, probably like, 
Quake matches. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, Quake, Quake Team Fortress. You, yeah, you would always GG at the end of them, or uh, Counter Strike and stuff Enemy like Territory. That. Like yeah. I remember Enemy Territory. Like there was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I will definitely be playing Heart of the Swarm. Like I, I, I it's weird because like I, I, again, like I'm not like a crazy RTS fan, but I really liked the way StarCraft Two worked. I liked playing the campaign, and I, and I was, I was into playing online. Like I played probably. Not a ton of matches, but I played like, you know, two dozen. Well, and, it's it's like StarCraft to me is at the same time the the easiest and the hardest to get into. Yeah. Because like it's such a perfectly polished RTS game. I mean, like just perfectly tuned, all that jazz. Uh, but at the same time, because of that, there's so many people that have spent so many years working on the strategies for these games that. You know, you really don't have a chance. You know, there's no tinkering in StarCraft. Yeah. You play a certain way or you die, on average. You know, yeah, I mean, unless you're so advanced that you can develop techniques and counters that people know, that people, right. to, to, to be effective against people's play. Right, and, you know, that takes so much dedication. That, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's not a... It's not a particularly user-friendly or like a newbie-friendly game, but that's one thing I think they did a lot with with Heart of the Swarm and the update before it is, like I said, they added the AI ladder ranking thing. So it just kind of like ranks your skill level and then puts you against AI opponents of that level and then decides whether you should go up or down depending on your victory or defeat. Oh, got it. So it's like it's kind of like a a, a ladder. A, yeah, yeah, like, a, like an AI ladder that you're yeah. like and, and increasing. Like it's like playing a fighting game with the, against the the computer. Right. Right. Without. Except it without. adjusts itself. Right. Instead yeah. of changing difficulty levels. Right. Yeah. So yeah, if you do well, it'll put you up a, maybe uh, you know a few levels. But once you're like in the middle of it, it takes several losses or victories to move to another level so it, okay. it, it's kind of interesting uh, and I think it helps people understand the multiplayer aspect of StarCraft because the single player aspect of StarCraft is completely different yeah yeah uh, I think it's a testament though to how terrified people are of playing against other humans oh yeah yeah I mean it doesn't bother me but there are a lot of people who have a lot of problems with playing against people there's no doubt there's no doubt so part of it is like you just that like like the RTS, like there's there's play, there's play styles, right? Oh, yeah. And there's and and play styles. Most of the play styles aren't like the, or the average human being's play style. No. Is it gonna is it gonna work in that environment? Like if you like to turtle, if you like to like find all the different stuff in the level, if you like, that's not a competitive strategy. Oh no, 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 no. That's a getting murdered strategy. That's a, that's a you're starting to build your first. Uh, you know, upgraded unit and they're nuking you. Right. Right. Kind of strategy. Which like, I, has happened to me quite a few times. <laughs> I wish, I wish there was ways like, like, like I know like when we play Civ five, sometimes we'll play like co-op right. so that, so that's the two of us are beating, playing against the computer, which is kind of fun. But, but I, I kind of wish there were ways to, to create multiplayer, uh, scenarios for people that where they could kind of play, and maybe that's what The Sims was attempting. Sim City was attempting, yeah. Like this kind of environment where everybody's kind of playing at their own pace, semi-connected, interacting with each other, and getting some kind of like online play benefit. But you're not going to destroy somebody or get destroyed by them, right? You know what I mean, 
Right. It's a uh, yeah. It's it's, it's a, relatively in, minimal impact. Yeah. In you're in a survival. Though, though, like I gotta say, like I was playing. Uh, I made one town in 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 Sim City where it was like um, I let crime go rampant. I didn't build any cops, <laughs> and I and I powered up the supervillain dude, like his tower and everything. Nice. So it's just, it's just this crime ridden shithole. And so then I built I built. I started playing cities all around it because this is when everybody's having a hard time connecting and like I, none of my friends are playing. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to fill up these other slots with cities, my own cities. Yeah. And so I started sitting next door uh, to my, my hellhole city and immediately murderers are coming over. <laughs> and, and so it's like at the, like right at the beginning, I'm trying to build the city. And like, if you've played some city, like there's like this period at the beginning where it's like, it's kind it of touch help. and go. <laughs> it's touch and go, yeah, and it helps to just kind of get everything right, yeah, and not waste any money. Like, don't spend too much money on roads because if you blow all your money on roads, you're gonna be sitting, sitting waiting around yeah. for the money you need to build upgrades. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing this like early part of the game, and I'm like, I need to buy fucking police stations, and I need to pick <laughs> my police stations up because like every two minutes, like there's murderers from this other city rolling in. <laughs> so like that, I thought, I thought that was like, like interactive in a really interesting way where it was like and kind of in a hardcore way because basically it's it's hard mode if you have somebody who's got like a crime town you're starting these cities off and you definitely have like something going against you you know like it's like you're, it's 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 not it's not the easy way to start a town the the easy way to start a town i guess would be to build a really nice police force and send the police force out yes. to your friends you know, it's like, I haven't even played the new SimCity yet. I, I want to, because I'm a SimCity fan, but I've heard so many horror stories about about the launch. I'm sure it's all taken care of by now, but... It's weird, like, like, like my experience wasn't as negative as everybody else's, and 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 uh, that's that's frustrating in a way, too, because you're like, do these negative voices get amplified? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, no, of course. I mean, that's that's the shame about launching something with an online component you know it's, it's yeah. if it gets a, an early review and it doesn't go one million percent perfectly like Gilbor's, then <laughs> i don't you know then you're just like yeah you're, you're kind of screwed honestly yeah it, it, it kind of like just sets the tone for yep. for the entire life of the of the, the game which oh, is yeah. which is weird i've been enjoying reading tom's uh stories about them city like he's <laughs> He's always so good at kind of picking apart like these these little like little broken parts of games. Yeah, uh, he is. That's Tom, <laughs> Tom is the penultimate nitpicker. Yeah, it's good though. I mean, it's like <laughs> the, like his voice is is so unique and his concerns are so are so focused uh, that that uh, I always like him. Uh, especially like uh, he writes about Ascension. He's the only person that writes about oh, Ascension. Oh yeah, no, he's obsessed with Ascension, man. They're always. So good. So good, I love that game, and that's what that's another. It is reason, good game. Yeah, it's that's really another good. reason why iOS is like my well, my number one format. It's like I play that game on on uh, my iPad. Oh yeah, man! Just nonstop. The Penny Arcade game's not damn bad either. I haven't played it yet. That's also by Playdeck, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a Gary Games thing or whatever. I think so. Yeah, it's actually really uh, it's pretty cool. It's uh, yeah, it's a lot like uh, Ascension, but it gives you characters. Like, right. Uh, yeah, like Tycho and Gabe, etc. But um, that have different abilities. I yeah, I really liked it. And if you like Penny Arcade, which is kind of you know, uh, yeah, I do. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, then it, you know, if you're a fan of the series, it's also a pretty good time. 
a lot of good cards. I have no idea why I never bought that. Like, I basically have every board game that has been released on on iOS, but I don't have that. I'm going to rectify that. Yes, you should, yeah. Um, absolutely. Man, i got to play something at SimCity. But, uh, you know, actually, uh, I was going to talk about StarCraft 2 as my game of the week, so uh, I think we already did talk about StarCraft 2, so... Uh, I'll just skip that part. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about your game of the week. What what have you been playing? Oh, so we talked about Brogue, which I've been playing a lot, and right. we've talked about uh, we've talked about Lego City. So you know, I, I mean, maybe it's obvious, but but uh, I'm gonna say Bioshock Infinite. Oh yeah, Tom just posted his review today, which was incredibly popular, as half of his reviews are. Yeah, uh, what did he say? I'm uh, curious. Uh, he gave it a three of five. He really yeah. liked it, and. Uh, Said that it was, it wasn't. He didn't like it as much as the original Bioshock, and gave it the score he did because it wasn't as focused. I think is. Huh. I've, I've seen a couple people say that. Like I like I'm only like three hours in, which is about where I got when I played the preview six months ago. Right. Uh, man, the, and Bioshock was the same way. They open a game like nobody else. Oh yes, no, it's a fantastic opening. I, I've played through the, or like at least watched the first. Uh, the first bit, you know, when they get to the city and everything in the sky. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. dynamite. It's oh, dynamite. that's awesome. <laughs> and that was like that's what sold me on Bioshock. Like it, when I look back to like playing that, I mean, I think I played the demo, and that opening was like, holy shit! Like this is just <laughs> yeah, they can open like, the game. Super strong. Like it pulls you into this place, and the world is so different than anything else you've been to. Um, they they just nail that so hard. Like. Uh, and 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 to that same degree, like their their third act frequently is not as exciting, right? And I think that's really what Tom was getting to is that he like I think he just a, a quick explanation. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like he liked it, but it wasn't. He just didn't like it as much as like one or two. Yeah, I guess and whatever. But uh, I think it's a I don't know. It looks pretty cool so far, but yeah. Yeah, all these people go on Metacritic and they see Tom's score and then they get super mad and they come and tell, <laughs> you know. And of course, no, none of those people have actually played the game uh, or at least finished it. <laughs> so it's awesome. uh, you know, the thing is, I, I, I like the way I like the way Tom scores because he scores scores very provocatively and the, and he's kind of fun- fucking up the Metacritic system, which <laughs> yeah. which I think like it deserves. I think it's a the Metacritic thing is, and scores, review scores just in general are just kind of just a well, stupid way of thinking about video games. Video game review scores are so stupid because everybody yeah. associates them with the 60 to 100 grades, yeah. grade school thing, which is stupid. There's no reason not to use the other 60 points. And since everybody in the industry, with a couple of exceptions, scores everything on the 7 to 9 scale, it just kind of, uh, yeah, it completely makes everything... Either you follow the pre-written stupid scale, or you try to do something else, and people get angry. So one or the other. Yeah. See, I don't disagree too much with the the the, the six to nine because I mean, well, the way I look at it, the way I look at it is like if you're if most people get most stuff right, the game works. You know what I mean? Sure. They're not like we don't get that many abject failures. We don't get that many games that are just so stupid, such a dumb idea that they deserve an F, right? Sure. Like they, they 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 don't call it in. Uh, to me, the 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 bigger problem, the larger problem with the V score is it's a number that you pulled out of your ass, right? It's like it's sure. not measuring anything. 
over there is that yes right it's it's not it's people people treat it like that it's some kind of scientific measure of quality and it's really just somebody's gut feeling about a game and and I would rather hear somebody's gut feeling in, in, in a scenario like this with two people talking about a game and like what yeah, what absolutely. is interesting about it and what's not interesting about it rather than boil it down to a, a bullshit number which has zero meaning but like determines people's pay grades, determines whether sequels and gets made so and, and all that stupid. stuff. Oh my God, that is the biggest tragedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, I know I always say, well, people shouldn't have agreed to it. You know, you don't always have that choice, of course, but I mean, it's an industry thing, but good God, that is such an awful metric. <laughs> if we didn't value review scores so much, then they wouldn't value them so much. So, so we're, we're part of the problem. Oh yeah. You know, if 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 we didn't give a fuck about those numbers, and if we didn't act on those numbers, which which we do act on those numbers, games that have better scores uh, sell more. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. At, at least historically, they have. Uh, that might be changing. Uh, you know, that that's the interesting thing. The difference between us and a lot of other critical mediums is uh, like uh, in movies, for example. The better the better reviewed movies, like the ones the critics like. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> They don't make money, uh, yeah, <laughs> because the the critics have better taste than the audience, right? right. The audience, and 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 that's like a lot of people say that's that's the sign of a mature medium, is that the like the the medium is matures to a point where the people who really understand the medium and really like are into the medium, are are have a taste that far uh, diverges from the taste of the public. Yes. No. Absolutely. <laughs> because the public the public is consuming this medium with very little education right like like and gamers aren't like that yet most gamers uh or the, the kind of gamers that we're talking about are educated in the medium are connoisseurs of the medium and have like a kind of a a, a kind of a rarefied taste uh so the the quality um the quality and the and the the kind of taste of critics kind of lines up uh but I think that's changing because you know now the public is kind of like all leaning towards shooters, and critics are starting to go, you know what, like shooters aren't that great. Yeah. Let's rate them a little bit lower. Uh, and so now I think I think we're going to see a period where, where, you know, Call of Duties get sevens and eights, which is bad for game criticism, but still sell a lot. Oh, of course, because they will. It's, yeah. it's the only kind of game that can sell. It really, God, that game, like it's such a. Enigma, because oh, I love my Call of Duty. I play the hell out of Call of Duty. Yeah, but I'm so baffled by it every time. I don't understand it every time. I'm like, I'm not going to get the game. I'm just not going to buy it this time. <laughs> and then I go buy it and play like a hundred hours. I have no idea what my problem is. Um, well, you know, it's it's a it's a super familiar. It's like it's like I think you know, G, uh, Call of Duty now is is our like kind of comfort food game. It really is. It's a. Uh, it's something you can. It's like the Halo was. You know. Yeah. It's always the same. It's his known quantity. You know how it works. Right. Feature set doesn't change that much. Just enough to make it feel like a new product. But it's like something that you know. Like and that and like. I think like people have a lot of anxiety, and maybe that's you know we're going back to what we we're talking about with StarCraft too. People have anxiety jumping into a thing where they need to learn a shitload of stuff just to get up to speed. Most people, most people who have picked up a controller now know what they have to do when they get into Battlefield or Call of Duty. They yeah. know that they know what to do. There's not that much that they have to relearn. It's just it's just an easy thing. 
And that's, you know, I think that's kind of what it comes down to with me in StarCraft, too, is that it's so similar to the original StarCraft, and it's so similar to the mechanics that they've been using, Blizzard particularly has been using for so long, that mm -hmm. it, it just, you know that you have to, in a Warcraft game or something, you have to get wood, and you have to get <laughs> right. stone and stuff. In StarCraft, you have to have gas, and you have to have crystals. But and, even so, even so, that's way more that, than you have to do like in a Call of Duty game. Well, that's very true. You yeah. do only have to run and shoot, dudes. That's that's that's, yeah. that's a pretty that's pretty sweet. I mean, just being able <laughs> to do that. I mean, I think a lot of people. There's a lot of money to be made and a lot of hits to be made if people were to take these incredibly complex games that they work on and throw out to the general public all the time and to distill them a bit. Which I know sounds terrible. It's like dumbing it down, but like. You know, it seems to work. Well, you know, the interesting thing about Call of Duty is that it's distilled, but yeah. it's also it's also complicated. That's like the that's the reason why the shooter had a rebirth. It's because yeah. they added this RPG experience to, system. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, I think we kind of forget sometimes that like there was this period in the very very near past where shooters were on the decline because they were just a boring six hour scenario with no hook. <laughs> and then with and with a multiplayer element where you jumped in and just yeah. got reamed with no feeling of of growth, right? right. If you're not a great if you're not a great player, you just went in there and you just got bent over, right. and you just had to work and work and work to get to the point where you could do well. And that was that was all internalized. Like right. they they took that process of like I'm getting better at this game and put numbers on it and put like medals and shit on it so that you could actually feel like you're doing better which that's i think that's a testament to what people desire from games <laughs> like the, yeah. they're like they, they want to they want to feel like they're getting somewhere it's like Most, people can say what they will about microsoft but by god the achievements work they do they do you know, and, you know like gamers like us who play rogue and things like that where yeah. you don't have a, a sense of achievement <laughs> you you fail and fail over and over again until you do better um that's like a, that's a that's a kind of like a high end experience now. Like that, I think that's, that's like a, what. Yeah, well, it's because we're broken people. Yeah. <laughs> really, that's what it comes down to, and uh, we enjoyed uh, just being beaten repeatedly. I think it. I think that's an embodiment of what we were talking about with like the critics, the critics, and the and the certain the connoisseurs appreciating different things, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like 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 dungeon crawlers and turn based games aren't mainstream. Oh no, no, you know? not, not turn based games. Good God. Turn-based strategy is certainly uh, the uh, red-headed stepchild of the industry nowadays. It is certainly not... They have not done a lot with it lately. Though, actually, there's been a weird indie resurgence. Well, there's been indie resurgence, and, like, to be honest, like, between XCOM and... Oh, yeah, good point. Like, XCOM doing really well, and, and uh, you know, Skulls of the Shogun came out on Xbox Live, and oh, whatchamacallit, uh, you know, Fire Emblem on the 3DS, like... Oh, yeah. It's not a terrible time to be in the three D. Uh, I mean, into into turn based strategy games. Man, Nintendo and that damn three DS, man. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but they always make me like their products somehow. It, it it's hard one for sure. If they it, once they get Animal Crossing out and an Advance oh. Wars, I will be I will be just a, like a pig in shit. Yeah, man, those Resident Evil games are really good. Like, they did really good 3D on those things. And so, yeah, I'm really curious to see what they can do with it. Like, even just hardware-wise, the 3DS is pretty impressive. Yeah. 
I, I like for me like the, I I need the one that's a bigger screen. I I don't like the the tiny screen on I, there. I just got that one for Sarah for her birthday, and she loves it. That thing is huge. Did you get her the Pikachu one? No, no, I just got a blue one. But I did order the Circle Pad Pro from Japan though, so okay, they don't have it in the U.S. Apparently, you need that for like Monster Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah, we got the new Monster Hunter thing going on. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a that's a pretty cool game that I'm miserable at. Yeah, I'm super bad at it too. Like I was playing the demo and I was like, I can't believe this is a demo because it's so fucking hard. Like I'm yeah. like di- I'm like dying and failing and like my thing with Monster Hunter which is weird is like I always like do a combo and like I'm out like swinging my sword in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I I I've been using a hammer and it's like I'll run out of dude or something. I hit a couple of buttons and then like it just kind of wanders off and I'm just like I'm pounding the ground with my hammer. Uh, and it's sad. Is that a function of us just being imprecise? Like we're like we're like mashing buttons when we should be being more, you know, more more deliberate about it, or is it just the kind of like how the game is? Like like that's what I never get. Like I've never seen. Maybe I should go on and look at a let's play and see somebody play it properly, and see if I'm if I'm if I'm just being stupid. Yeah, that's you know, and that's really the thing about it is, and I think that's a Capcom thing. Uh huh. Because like I think you have to you have to learn how Capcom games work. Because none of them ever work the way any other game works. So, like, with Resident Evil, you know, I mean, thank God for Resident Evil 4. Yeah. But it's still, it's so ridiculous. And then, God, oh my God, Lost Planet? That control scheme. I, I just, I don't understand it. But, like, and I wonder if it's more like they're trying for the... And I, I don't. If I say this, God, I know I'll get angry comments. But if they're trying for like a Demon Souls kind of sluggish, realistic feel, which I know Monster Hunter's been around for a long time, people. Um, but like, if uh, if they're going for that, or if it's just, or if it's just, I don't know. Nah. I, I, my, my my feeling is that like it's one of these systems that is 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 very robust. And that if you play it very deliberately, very intelligently, with a lot of precision, that you can do really cool shit. It's like God Hand. Do you ever play God Hand? Oh, I love God Hand. I I, I wanted to love it so bad, but I'm not I'm not as oh, I precise. Suck at it. <laughs> yeah. So that was frustrating to me because it was like I like if I knew that there's like this level of play that I wasn't achieving that if I was good at it, I, I could really yeah. like succeed at the game. But otherwise, it was like a struggle, and I was just like spamming the, the attacks that I knew that worked, as opposed to like playing like kind of like in this diverse way that like I don't know. Uh, so so I, I have a feeling, yeah, there's there's probably something to that where it's like here's the, here's this tool set, not very friendly set of tools, yeah. but if you if you learn to use these tools right, you're gonna be a fucking badass. If you don't learn to use these tools right, you're gonna just kind of struggle a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you. It's like. Uh, I'm always so jealous of the people that get really good at those games because they're, it looks so awesome. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes I just do not have it in me. Sometimes I do. I mean, I've, I've certainly uh, played a lot of World of Warcraft, for instance, and a lot of MMOs. Yeah. You know? And that certainly takes a, a type of person that's really sad at heart uh, in a way. It's a, it's a different kind of um, skill though yeah. right oh like, yeah like like these capcom games seem really focused on like like this kind of 90s 
timed button pressing, learning combos, learning cancels. It's almost like like that fighter generation of oh, gameplay, yeah. you know, which like it's like you're, there's a whole generation of people who understand that. I am not one of those people. Um, World of Warcraft and, and stuff like that. Like it's it's it, you've got a little bit of time to think most of the time. Most of the time, right? It's just there's, really it's it's just really a, an exchange of time. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of time, you know, I mean, but it also comes down to that. If you want to do the high end stuff, you have to really put the time into learning certain things, etc. And it all depends. Yeah, but like all games, it's just memorizing button presses. So. Right. When to do them. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, and, you know, I got into Street Fighter four and played a few hundred matches online. And I ended up just, you know, getting above my station and then getting murdered. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a certain subset of people that just, uh, really have it in them. I don't know. I've, I have admiration, but also like, I, I, I kind of don't understand them either. Yeah, no, I certainly don't understand them. Like I, but the admiration is real, man, because like, you know, Fred Savage in the wizard, he was one of those (laughs) kind of dudes, you know, like nobody got the power glove early in my household. Oh, but so. you know what? None of those dudes can beat my high score. Goat up two. So well, uh, well there you so have it. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I could probably say that. I, they probably could if they put it, picked up goat up two. They probably destroyed my high score. That I don't want to think about that. But only things I have any high scores or even remotely close to high scores in is a couple of shmups that Tom and I were playing. Uh, like uh, like cave games or like... yeah yeah caves yeah we were play. Uh, I was doing pretty good in. Oh God, which one was it? Uh, bug princess too mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that but uh yeah that's just because i like i like beating tom at things so i put a lot of extra <laughs> effort in it um so that, that's probably really what it was like like on ios games i uh robert ashley and jason killingsworth are <laughs> are both really really good at, at ios games and so if i can beat robert ashley at a game like my go to score is higher than his so i'm very proud of that uh jason killingsworth i don't think I've, I've ever gotten a better score than he's like really good at super hexagon like oh. has one of the top scores probably the, the top score close to it um really good at endless runners and like i can't even get close to him uh, and i find that frustrating Oh yeah, like one of my friends uh, and and Tom's friends is a guy on the podcast. He he, Dave Perkins. He won the Ascension iPad World Tournament. Really? So you can't, you know, you you just can't even really go there. You know, it's like, oh god. I feel like I haven't played against like the the tournament level people at Ascension yet, and and I want to because I, I have a pretty good win loss ratio. I have a good win loss ratio in that. God, what was the game everybody was into there? For a minute? Ah, never mind. I'm not. I'm never going to think of the name of this thing. You just have four or five different armies. Which, oh man, that's really hard to like outwitters like that thing. Or no, it was, it was around the same time as Super Hexagon came out. Mm-hmm. God, what was it? You could play like these ice trolls and. Oh, I know that one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah battle something. Right, anyway, yeah. uh, I had a pretty good win loss on that one. I just got really sick of that game. I don't think it was very fun. Like, no. like what what army were you playing? All of them. You, you were? <laughs> yeah. I played, uh, I think I played the ice one a good bit. The, the, what I heard was that the, the elves, the starter army, was yeah. actually like the 
had a lose losing loss win loss ratio. Like it was like less powerful. And I I don't know if that's wow. because like I don't know if that's because like people that weren't good at the game, like like people who weren't invested in the game were playing it more. And that's wow. why it had a lower ratio. Uh for me, like there's there's like three or four games out like that now. Like there's this game called Mage Wars, I think. Oh yeah, I haven't played it, but I've seen it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I can't get into them. Like I don't know what it is, but it's like these kind of like general like arena turn based games. Uh I don't know what it is, but the, the the amount of choice or whatever just kind of makes it boring for me. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. That's... Summoner hey, Wars. Summoner Wars. Summoner Wars. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I could not get into that either. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I had a lot of games against a lot of people. I did pretty well. It just, uh-huh. it just wasn't that, it just wasn't that fun. I really don't like the, uh, I really don't like the dice aspect of it. Uh, yeah. I, I guess it's just, if you're going to make a rock paper scissors kind of game then i don't understand the random part of it i think it's it's important because then it just is you're just playing chess right well true yeah i guess like the yeah. the randomizer puts risk in there so it's like a not a sure thing so if you go into a fight there's a potential that you will fuck it up which makes which makes things interesting it like it change it makes the outcome at least a little bit more interesting if it if it didn't have the dice i think it, that game would be even more boring <laughs> That's true. That is a good point. Um, <laughs> oh God. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just can't get down with that. Like, I, I actually uh, command and colors, like that 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 format, yeah. I like a little bit better. Like, like, like memoir forty four. Oh like, yeah. I have a lot more fun playing, and the and the the battles of Westeros game that they have. Oh um, yeah, the uh, the Game of Thrones game one of Thrones, from right, FFG. Yeah. yeah. Now. I wonder if like those would translate as well. There's a there's a Command and Colors coming out for iOS, huh? In the near future, I wonder if because there's so little that you do on a turn sometimes that that makes it not as interesting. Yeah, that's the thing too. I guess with asynchronous play, is like it, it requires yeah. a lot of action. Either you're going to get a lot of action or no action. Yeah, like like that's the thing. It's like like you could do a lot of stuff, like or you could just move up six pl- spaces right. and then that's it. Um, Ascension I really like because it feels like you make a lot of decisions quick, right. but there's a lot of there's there is actually thought that goes into it. Like you're making choices. Am I gonna go? Am I gonna go magic or am I gonna go military? Like with every purchase that you make, and so it's like it. I feel like those every every time I play Ascension, every turn, I feel satisfied with what I did. Yeah. Where with Summoner Wars, where I like, okay, I moved this guy, I moved that guy, I moved that guy, I shot once, my dice missed. Yeah. That was not very fun. No, no, that's not fun at all. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, I had a pretty bad time with that game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, so, but you're really digging Infinite, huh? Well, I know Sarah is too. She's, I've been watching her play it. Uh, a lot, and it it does look pretty cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it, but I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch my game of the week to to Goat Up Two, okay. just because because uh, everybody should download Goat Up Two. If if you don't know who Jeff Minter is, uh, you should learn about him. Oh, Jeff Minter. He's he's a, an amazing old timer in, in the industry. Such a, a weirdo. Uh, he makes the weirdest games ever. But Goat Up Two is is super cool, and it's uh. You know, it's like a three dollar iOS game. It's a very good platformer, and it has like a built in level design thing, uh, so you can like make your own levels. But but uh, it's super good. 
uh, I would I, I highly recommend if 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 you have played Goat Up or if you have played other Jeff Mentor games on iOS, which are all really well done, uh, I would grab them. Uh, if you like weird shit like goats farting, uh, well, that's, that's Jeff Mentor for you. Yes, <laughs> like there's a part where uh, you, you, your attack is a fart, so you can jump, uh, and if you get to do the double jump, you fart, and a fart spends one of the things that you've picked up. Like, so you have all these pickups that trail behind you, and they're either worth points or they're worth power-ups. I mean, uh, worth multipliers. <laughs> so your farting burn score. The more you fart, the more you burn score. So, like, there's, like, this, like, um, like this decision thing that you're making all the time. It's like, should I fart <laughs> to attack this dude? Should I fart to get my double jump or triple jump? Because I'm burning score by points. I'm not going to make high scores if I so so you're trying to be as precise as possible. Fart only when you need to fart, and uh, and, and maximize your score in that way. That's pretty much just a life lesson. Though, right? <laughs> it is a life lesson. <laughs> uh, the, the my favorite power up is there's chicken vindaloo, and when you eat when you eat the chicken vindaloo, you have uh, uh, like ult, uh, ultimate farting. You can fart all you want for like a certain period of time. Oh man, that guy. Uh, he saw, he did a uh, Winamp, right? That was his company. Uh, so, so like the, what I know is that he did the he did the um, he did the the visualizer for the old Xbox, right? For the old Xbox, yeah. I did not know that he did Winamp, like that music player. That was him. I'm pretty. I think that's him. Yeah. Hmm. I, I could be wrong. I mean, but I think he was. It was Llamasoft, and I, that's his company. Oh, that's cool. I, uh, what was that? Oh, me just falling over. Because your spittoon? Yeah, my spittoon, right. I was, uh, yeah, I was, uh, bellying up to the bar <laughs> real quick and, uh. <laughs> I mean, he's been, he's been around a long ass time, obviously, you know, writing Spectrum games. Like, like how many people can you say that were writing games at that period of time? Like basically oh, Atari games. For, for the Americans uh, that were writing Atari games and that are still programming games now. Yeah, no, that's there's not not a lot of guys doing that. Um, actually, I don't think. Oh, I don't know. He might not have had anything to do with Winamp. Maybe I'm confused. <laughs> so we'll we'll uh, we'll just we'll, let <laughs> we'll put an slide. asterisk there. Yeah, there's an asterisk. Uh, yeah. No, he. Uh, yeah, he's a strange guy. Like I remember the. One thing that always stands out in my mind about Mentor is I remember working for Crispy Gamer. Uh, I was an editor there, uh, for those that don't know. And um, I would take care of a lot of the uh, image and video work. And whenever we'd get like new blasts of images in, I would add them to the site and make sure they were formatted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, we would get all of these... Uh, you know, images all the time. And I remember getting one for, I want to say, a, I want to say a space giraffe. Yeah. Is that it? Space giraffe. Yeah. Space giraffe came out then. Yeah. He, uh, but at the time, Jeff Minter, for some reason, had a real issue with somebody once over screenshots. So he sent out these screenshots and they just had like foul cursing. <laughs> all, like all over them. Next <laughs> to the flying giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so i don't think we ended up putting him up but uh, uh yeah, i laughed really hard about it yeah it was just it was absolutely ridiculous i you know like that space draft was a <clears throat> probably a difficult time for him 
and you know he was probably one of the first people one of the first indies to go up against microsoft's kind of like you know their 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 difficult their difficult sales and approval process for being oh, indie yes. like every, everybody talks about fez because fez got a movie but he worked very hard and very long on space draft and was in this situation where it was like he made this game that took a long ass time to get put out and then sold very poorly a because it was a, a a kind of a weird game but b because you know the microsoft market was was not a great place to sell games for in indies uh so he uh, that must have been a very frustrating time for him and now many many more indie people have been through that have been through that yeah. process that difficult process of putting a game out on xbox live uh but to me like he seems like He's the first story I remember of, whoa, uh, of a of a kind of a, a small team or or an independent game maker making a game and 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 kind of getting a raw deal. Right, and Jeff Minter, crazy enough as he is, is still probably more likable than Phil Fish. So there, <laughs> there is that. Uh, I forgot to mention you're a movie star. Oh my god, you were, yeah yeah you were in the indie game movie. I was, I was. I'm one of the talking heads. I, I helped set up, I helped set up the, the movie. Uh, I, it's fun. It was fun to be in, and it's fun to like. I get like a, I get like a Facebook message like every couple months of a person that I haven't seen in 20 years. That's like, I saw you in Indie Game the movie. <laughs> that's awesome. Which is pretty cool. Uh, it's cool because then you know now that things on Netflix, it's like yeah, we're watching it left and right. It's it's kind of cool to be a part of something like that. No, that is a super awesome. Every time I see it, like hey, my friend Gus is in. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. You know those filmmakers were so cool. The people that made that movie are just a couple smart people. Yeah, a lot of passion. Uh, worked their fucking asses off to make that movie. You know, so it was basically a two person team, like the whole way. Like it's it's indie itself, you know what I mean? Like yeah. like the, the 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 film production was as indie as the games were, which uh, I have a lot of admiration for people who are willing to take two years out of their life to do anything. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. No, it's that's awesome. It's uh, it's it's really well put together. It's really well put together. And uh, yeah, like I I sort of have hope that it it opens the door to a new kind of like video storytelling about games. Like I I feel like like now Netflix should have little half hour hour long documentaries about games. Like I think like that's something that could happen now where you could just make an hour long Minecraft or like the Minecraft documentary, right? Like that like yeah. I feel like, I feel like that door is open now where people can tell stories about games and making games and the people who make them and just maybe about the history of them. And that's, that's, that's something that would entertain people. Yeah. I'd like to see a, a much more current uh, Richard Garriott pick. Oh, that would be awesome. Yes. I'd love to see, uh, the, he's uh, very, he's very filmable, right? Like, Oh yeah. He's a very charming guy. He has mansions. Yes, and he he was on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous once. <laughs> that? When when I went to Austin like about a year or so ago, um, Brandon Boyer uh, took me to go see his house. Oh, really? Like we got in the car and drove across Austin to like the rich part of town where all the all the mansions are, and we went and saw that thing. We didn't go in or anything, but like we did like a drive by, 
and it was like it was sort of like a pilgrimage you know what i mean like it was British castle man yeah yeah very cool i wish i wish i'd been around for one of the press events or one of the god me and you both (laughs) those those sound pretty amazing yeah man like the fact that I like when it, when I was a kid and uh, seeing all the stuff, you know, original Ultima and all that, and you'd see him on Lifestyles and all that, and it'd be like, this dude has a house with secret passages in it that looks like a castle. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's the house that I would build if I had like unlimited money. Exactly. You know, as a kid, you're like, man, oh my god, that's the coolest place on earth. Screw Disney World. And then, I, and then I would go to space. Like it's a, like yeah. he's living the exact life that I would live if I had unlimited money. Now, good on you, Richard Garriott. Yeah, <laughs> he really did. Yeah, he 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 lived in a castle of secret passages and as an astronaut. All he needs to be now is a cowboy and a fireman, <laughs> and a bounty hunter, and a bounty hunter. Don't, let's yeah. not forget that. <laughs> a rock star. God. So he's ridiculous. like he's the Buckaroo Banzai of video games. He really is. He really is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say the the more average is almost uh, the Carmack, but that's not really true either, because he's kind of scary the other way. Yeah, scarily smart. Like I did, <laughs> I did an interview for Wired that was with with Richard Garriott and John Carmack. Uh, Good lord. And, yeah, I, <laughs> it was it was it was really fun to do. Uh, John is such a brilliant dude. Yes. Uh, and the two between the two of them, I was just kind of, uh, um, I felt dwarfed in sure. intelligence and, and achievement, and uh, it's just amazing. They're amazing people to talk to. They're they're very interesting. We talked about space mostly because it was a, it was just prior to uh, oh god yeah. one of the big SpaceX things that they were doing. Uh, but awesome. cool, very cool. Like I, like, I I hope someday to to do something a fraction as cool as they've done. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, nobody like John Carmack. Somebody that just gets a piece of hardware and just decides they don't like uh, certain ways that it works. So he <laughs> rewrites the freaking drivers and solders it back together in certain ways. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, I would love to have seen Garriott's house. Or but like yeah, a biopic about him would be awesome. Uh, or Carmack, be kind of slightly more interesting, I guess, than Tim Sweeney. I think there was like that one documentary with him like sitting in a tree outside of his house. Like all he does is like own expensive cars and program things. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like uh, the public would probably more be into like franchises, like as far as yeah. documentaries go. So like like the like those would make re- like Carmack and 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 Garrett would make really cool documentaries. But like I think if you did like a history of Zelda history of mario uh, yeah. like those are good entry level ones like like a history of uh like metal gear you know these series that people know uh oh yeah, yeah. it'd be very workmanly i think uh g4 had a series called icons that was kind of like that uh where they did like sort of like about these game series uh and it had promise at, at first and eventually it was like icons terra patrick they just... yay <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Of course. laughs> It like they're like how can we, how can we sell out everything yeah as quickly as possible yeah well no, it took a long time for them to come to completely sell out every every ambition right like they started off really trying kind of hard and it took it took a decade or so for them to just like say okay we give up we're just gonna show cops <laughs> it is kind of like the cop station official yeah. cop station 
Like I'm sort of I was like I like I used to get mad about networks not showing what they are originally meant to show. Yeah. But like we're in the midst right now of watching BBC America become a sci-fi channel. Yeah. It's becoming a geek channel, right? Like BBC yep. America, like it should be all reruns of Faulty Towers because that's what it's called, right? BBC right. America. It should just be like British comedy and British shows, but because Doctor Who does so well kind of awesome now yeah yeah now it's like a science fiction channel and like now they have like like the like the what you call it the nerdist show on it and they have it's basically becoming what g4 was supposed to be right uh and so i guess like if 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 we're in an environment where networks like are all morphing into like something that's not what they were as long as they're all morphing into something different like, G4 became, I don't know what, G4 became Spike, but now BBC America is becoming G4. So so we we still win in the long run. In the long run. Yeah, yeah. In, in the long run, like, it all works out. Nature finds a way. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's Jeff Goldblumian. <laughs> <laughs> Nature finds a way. Didn't they re-release that in 3D recently? It's coming out, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. God. Uh, yes. Um... But yeah, no, it's a it's a weird time for geek culture. <laughs> yeah, becoming uh, accepted, accepted and and like mainstream. I mean, the, you know, the fact the fact that like the number one movie last year was I think it was uh, was was a superhero movie, and not just a superhero movie, but a movie with like eighty seven superheroes in it. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. That and, I mean, yeah, it was a good year for Joss Whedon. Yeah, sure. Man, this cabin in the woods did really well too. That's what an yeah. awesome movie. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to not like that movie. Yeah, <laughs> such pretty good de- deconstruction of horror. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, well, uh, you know, I guess we could wrap it up. We have been going on for a while. Um, it's, it's been awesome talking to you, man. It's, it's yeah, fun. absolutely. You should. We'll have to have you back when Tom can be around too. I'd, I'd love to. I haven't talked to Tom in a while. I'm looking forward to seeing him at E3 for sure. Oh yeah, you know he'll be around. He always yep. threatens, but he, he shows up eventually. Um, but yeah, no, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show, and um, you know everybody go check out uh, Gus's Pretension Plus One at Unwinnable, uh, and keep an eye out for him. And if you're somebody that hires people to write things, by God, hire this man because he's fantastic at his job. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, no problem, man. You are the best. And um yeah, we will uh we'll see everyone uh here next week. Take care, guys. Then slow down to Ha 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 ha!